The following is a Hoop Bowl presentation. And welcome to the Bizarro Toronto Raptors Hoop Ball Podcast. I am here today with Ben Harrison. What's going on, people? And Kieran Smythe. But he's not actually here. He will be not back so next show. Uh, but uh, yeah, he's not gone forever just for today. He's here in our hearts. Uh, thank you very much for tuning in today. If you get the chance, please follow the podcast at Hoop Ball Raptors. That's at Hoop Ball Raptors for both Twitter and Instagram. And Ben, do you want to tell the people how they can follow you? Yes, indeed. You can find me on Twitter or Instagram. Same handle. It's at Benny and the Raps. And if for some reason you're trying to see what I'm trying to say, you can follow me on Twitter at Brendan Hodgins. That's at Brendan Hodgins. Also, if you get the chance, please head on down to Hoop dash ball.com that's the mothership here it keeps us rolling along so hoop dash ball.com that's for all your basketball needs uh i imagine fantasy ends today but there's still gonna be dfs for the playoffs and wagering so it's a good idea to head on uh, down there you make yourself a little bit of money yes uh, fantasy does end today but i don't know if you noticed i have not given up on our third place matchup and i will not yeah no so i changed the last I, minute screw you <laughs> i picked up somebody and then it knocked two of my guys out of the lineup whenever you pick up someone so I didn't realize they weren't in because obviously I don't care quite as much as you do, apparently. And uh, it derailed me a little bit there, but I still think I got this. I think I got it. Yeah, we'll see what happens. I just turned on the uh, the Suns and Spurs are going right now. And it uh, looks like Devin Booker didn't even play, which I didn't know. So I was banking on him, but we'll see what happens. we got a few hours left. We have run into silly season here, guys. Well, it's been silly season for a while. But if you were banking on someone saving your season today, uh, it's not a great idea. Also, if you bet on a game today, you should not have responsibility over your money. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, I took a look at uh, the lines for today just to see if we could get something going for the show. You know, some advice on uh, some bets tonight. But everything you look at, it's just you have no idea if the other side is going to be competing. Only one half of the matchup seems to care or have any reason to win. So. Um, there are some big games tonight, um, for sure. The Lakers, um, the NBA uh, didn't set the schedule until the last minute so they could put the big ones in prime time. So Portland uh, goes tonight against... Oh, I'm going to get this wrong. Hold on. Yeah, Portland goes tonight. Denver. Yeah, against Denver. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah, and then the Lakers Portland. against the Pelicans. So that's the big uh, fight to see who has to enter the play-in. Well, also, it's going to be the battle of... I don't know how the Clippers are going to lose tonight, but I think they want to lose so that they end up in fourth. And they don't have to play right? either Portland or LA in the first round. But they're playing OKC, who is the ultimate tankathon team. So I have no idea who they're going to rest to make that work. No kidding. And if they, well, if they end up fourth, geez. Yeah, it's murderous row over there. It's either going to be Dallas, Portland, LA. My goodness. Anyway. Yeah. So the West, uh, yeah, the West definitely has some interesting things. We'll get into that a little bit later. Uh, there was a few games since we last spoke to everybody. Again, it, it was NBA silly season for these, so um, not all that many Raptors did play. But 
uh, Aaron Bain sightings, which is yeah. like seeing Bigfoot these days, and actually good Aaron Bain's sighting, which is seeing like Bigfoot surfing these days. Uh, Stanley Johnson went off like a frog in a sock. Yeah, there was all shit. sorts of stuff that's going on here. Uh, lots of play from uh, Jalen Harris had quite a game. Uh, Malachi Flynn has been playing fairly well. His percentages are still low, but that's just kind of what you get with him at the moment. He'll learn how to shoot as he goes through his uh, progressions. Uh, the most important thing for Kieran is the Raptors did lose all the games they had to lose. Yeah. But uh, in these three games that happened here, let's focus mostly, I guess, on the young guys to start. What did you see from Jalen Harris, Malachi Flynn, uh, you know, Kem Birch that you think might progress into the rest of the, you know, next year or uh, what we've been trying to take a look at? Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, uh, I definitely was disappointed to see Jalen Harris wasn't going to suit up for uh, for today's game because he was coming off that huge performance in, uh, in Dallas the other night. But, um, yeah, he started getting it going on uh, against Chicago on Wednesday, I think it was. Um, yeah, he went four to four or five to start the game and he could just tell he was in a groove. Um, it's like I said, last show, like he just looks super comfortable out there for guys only had, uh, a handful or two of games in the big league. Um, yeah, he got it going. I think he had 17 points that night and then, um, yeah, against Dallas, which, um, they kept showing the guys on, uh, on the broadcast, but Dallas is his hometown and he just popped off in this game, put up 31 points. Um, he combined with Malachi Flynn. The two of them looked really good. Um, between them, they almost had 60 points. They shot 50% from the floor in that one. And um, and my favorite part of their game was uh, there was only nine assists and two turnovers between the two of them. So uh, everyone's been joking that, you know, they kind of look similar to a couple other point guards that, we're, that uh, we've had in here for some time. And so maybe the future looks bright, but uh, we'll see. Yeah, no, it was good to see definitely some of that, uh, you know, they were they were getting their own, but also a little bit of that unselfish play coming in there as well uh, and not making those mistakes, which, you know, come down and hurt you in the end. Uh, it was the same thing, like even in the, say, the Dallas game, like Bembry looked fairly good as well as far as like he's been turning it over about four or five times a game. He only had one turnover. Uh, yeah, the like surprisingly, Ken Birch was the only one that uh, had a bad turnover game that game. Also, with something that's going to make Kieran furious, he attempted six three pointers. Yeah. Oh, he took six in that game. Wow, I saw he took three today, but didn't see that one. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe that just has something to do with the style uh, with who's been sitting out. They're asking him to do a little bit of different stuff. Like usually, well, Watanabe would have taken a couple of those, I think. Yeah, and they were playing. Um, Against Dallas, we had seven guys available for the game. Today, we only had six. So at multiple points in the game, you had three centers out there. Yeah. Um, like they started the game with uh, Freddie and uh, and Birch both out there. There was one really funny play today. I pointed it. I uh, noted it. Um, Ken Birch went out, got this big offensive rebound under the net, and then swings it out to the perimeter. You're expecting to see a little guy out there, but it's Bigfoot... Uh, <laughs> Bigfoot Aaron Baines to, for the catch and shoot on the three. You know, it just looks weird. So, but they mixed and matched. They're doing what they can with who's available to finish the season. So, well, yeah, if you take a look at like Stanley Johnson's essentially been leading the offense, right? So it's, yeah. The guys that played today, everybody played 40 plus minutes other than Baines. So, yeah, it's just what it is, right? Yeah, I guess we lost Utah pretty early in the, uh, 
in the Bulls game, and that led to a lot. Of, I think that's what brought Aaron Baines off the court for his reemergence. But uh, I don't know if you have an update on Utah Watanabe. I don't know if it was serious or. I don't anything. have anything. I haven't seen it yet. Uh, but it's one of those things where, like, this time of year, they don't really have a need to tell you what's going on. Sure, yeah. And even, like, there's not even people... Usually you'll see something uh, on Twitter, somebody just saying, okay, it's probably this, it's probably that. People haven't even been prognosticating on it. It's just essentially... Uh, they're, they're like, they'll tell us when they tell us. Right now we're focusing on other things. Yeah. Um, big surprise for people here is that Lowry didn't play any of these three games. Yeah, including the uh, this final game this afternoon. I know everybody, um, I was on, checking out Twitter yesterday afternoon when they announced that he'd be sitting out. And the fan base was not too pleased, let me say that much. Um, yeah, everyone's freaking out because, you know, it's, I don't know, I guess, but a coin flips chance right now whether or not he comes back next year. So this... Obviously, could have been his last game as a Raptor, but um, I don't know. In my opinion, you know, it's a game in Tampa Bay, Florida. It's not in front of 18,000 people in Toronto, and um, you can see why nobody, neither the team nor Kyle, wants to risk energy or risk injury for, you know, 35 more minutes in Florida um, just for this last game in the afternoon. But a uh, meaningless game at 1 p.m. on a Sunday against the Pacers, yeah. Exactly. It's not like we can give them the standing ovation and everybody crying and everything. No, it's not that. So, Yeah, I think there was a game recently where there's more people booing the Raptors at Tampa than there was cheering for them. So. Oh, jeez. Well, was that Orlando, maybe, I guess? Yeah, it was something along those lines. They were booing when uh, whenever there was a foul called for the Raptors. Uh, <laughs> well, we've I had mean, that. Uh, we've had the opposite effect on some teams, uh, yeah, you know, over yeah, the, the years. Northern, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like Portland and stuff. Yeah, filling it yeah. up, but. In Minnesota, but uh, a funny thing along those uh, lines, or but uh, if this say Lowry doesn't play another game as a Raptor, his last mm-hmm. game then will be that one against the Lakers where he just went off <laughs> and had a career game. So I, you know, I'd be okay with that. I think he'd be okay with that. Like you get to go show LeBron how to play basketball. Yeah, me too. It's. Like, um, just because they didn't announce it before that game, like, what were we going to do? More people were going to tune in on TV? Like, does that really make it more special? I don't know. So, yeah, yeah. not a bad way to go out in that game for sure. If, it, you know, and this is all speculation anyways. Who knows what it's going to be in the end. Um, yeah. I think he's back. If he's not back, it's a sign-in trade, and I think the Raptors are going to get a lot out of it anyways. I would prefer to keep Lowry on the team just because everybody loves Lowry, and I love Lowry. Watching him play is fantastic. Uh, his ability to make other players better, his the, just the fun it seems that he has while he plays and also the intensity in which he plays. That's why like there's certain times if you're trying to tank, you can't put Kyle Lowry out there because he's going to play 100% every game. Yeah, it's one of those, like, your head versus your heart thing, you know, like, because uh, I don't know, if he comes back, it might be like another $30 million price tag, and that precludes you from doing much else in the off season, right? Then we won't have much change, so, but you're quite right, you know, if he leaves, like, it's just the whole culture of the team. I mean, we'll still have all the guys, so it probably wouldn't be so bad, but yeah, it's just, he seems to be the heartbeat of the team for sure, and it just wouldn't be the same without him, you know, definitely an adjustment period, but. But like I said, we do have these two point guards and like, you know, are we going to keep them buried for another season? You know, but. Yeah, well, the, you know, they were rookies this year. So and like Harris barely got a chance to really play. 
yeah. you know, just the last few games here. And uh, but Flynn, he still he still has a lot to learn. The uh, the thing is, is like this is one of those seasons where everybody you, you see somebody you want to see what's happening, so you want to see what's coming up. But you can't really judge a lot of these guys like him, Gillespie, uh, Harris, because they're not practicing. It's not the lineup that's going to be playing around them usually most of the time. Right. Uh, the team has been, you know, decimated by COVID and injuries uh, for this latter half of the season. So we're going to find out a lot next year, I think. And there's a very good chance the team even looks in- incredibly different by that point as well. Yeah, I certainly think so. I think it's going to be a big off season, like one way or another. When you have a top, let's say we're going to have a top eight draft pick here, one way or another, that's a big piece coming in. Whether or not you, if you use the pick and bring in a top end rookie like that, then you're going to have to give him big minutes. He's going to be a big part of your team. Or whether or not, if you use that as a trade chip, that's a huge chip. That means we've probably made a big deal for somebody. You know, I know who you want, Mister Bradley Beal, but. Uh, so. That's not who I want. That's who the entire NBA wants. <laughs> uh, it's just if you are going for Beal, you're going for broke. Yeah. That I think he is the most coveted piece in the NBA right now that is remotely attainable. I imagine you know people would love to have Embiid or Giannis or Joker, but you're not getting those guys. So. Yeah, everything changes after those first round uh, upsets, though. You know, like if Philly goes out uh, early here, who knows? But... Yeah, but they're not trading Embiid. Not Embiid, no, but Simmons might be available, and he's uh, I'm a huge fan of his. So. Yeah, he uh, he'll take less threes than Birch. <laughs> he's taken. I think I've taken more threes in the NBA than Ben Simmons. So. It's so bizarre. You watch him, and it's like he's wide open on the line and just refuses to do it. It's it's amazing. Yeah, no kidding. And every offseason, he posts those Twitter videos of him hitting them in an empty gym. <laughs> but uh, So you'd think this would be the season. It's essentially an empty gym. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's Yeah, nobody to, like, boo him when he when he keeps uh, breaking him. But. Yeah, well, anyways. Uh, yeah, no, obviously, that's, like, you know, almost seven-foot-tall guard is definitely someone you want to mm-hmm. have around. Uh, it would change a lot with how the team operates, I would think, but... Oh, 100%. But that, that's the kind of guy that replaces something like a Lowry pretty well and in the sense that it means that Van Fleet can play more of the shooting guard role, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And that's what we like to see him doing, just sprinting around the court like Steph Curry, getting those little bit of openings so he can uh, put up that quick trigger uh, three. Yeah, that's perfect. Speaking of Freddie, uh, uh, Flynn has been doing some of the early Freddie specials lately. Have you seen that? Just There was one, I think it was in the uh, Dallas game. He went... I think around the three-point line twice, going in and running out, like down to the baseline <laughs> and then back out. Dribbling the, the air out of the ball, eh? Yeah. But uh, he, he he can't say that he's not trying to take shots, though. He, you know, he's putting up almost 20 shots a game during this time period. So Yeah. I mean, that, that Mavericks game was definitely the most encouraging thing we've seen where he had both Malachi and Jalen. Just playing together exactly the way Kyle and Freddie do it. And, uh, yeah, they both played about 40 minutes. And, uh, yeah, really good oh. to see. But. And uh, Raptors Twitter was having a lot of fun with that. You know, the Spider-Man meme where it's the two Spider-Mans pointing at each other. And it was like <laughs> him and you know, Lowry and Fred and then Harris and Flynn. Uh, so, you know. Should, he, we should be so lucky. Yeah. Yes. Not, not quite there yet. But hopefully yeah. down the road it's a good sign that, uh, you know, they're showing some talent here. Yeah. Do we do we have to talk about Baines? Is this something we're talking about? 
I don't want to incur the wrath of that uh, unofficial fan club on Twitter, so we got to, you know, be pretty careful here. <laughs> no, he actually looked pretty good. I was thinking this uh, these final three games, it kind of reminds me of, like, uh, Why we I don't know, the last few games of a college season where guys are, like, auditioning for the draft or auditioning to move up to D1 or whatever. They just got to get some, some moments on tape, and uh, that's kind of what it looked like. Like, Stanley Johnson hasn't played like this all year, and he knows he needs a contract, right? Yeah. And uh, he put up whatever... 35 points the other night i think 25 or so today. Uh, 24 today and then yeah aaron baines today looked really good i'm gonna have to pull his numbers but uh, he looked pretty darn good much better than he's looked all season so you know these guys know they need a job next year so well, i don't know it's kind of nice for uh for whoever ujiri and nurse to give baines a little bit of run uh it certainly doesn't help your chances in the offseason if you've been sitting for two months on a team that is using discarded centers from around the league yeah well and that's the thing like gillespie hasn't been putting up the numbers lately but he's looked pretty all right and the thing is like you you can tell like we've been talking about it for a while like his his skill set's raw he still doesn't know exactly where he's supposed to be but he is always moving and there was a sequence in the dallas game where he set a high screen and then went down for an offensive rebound and just trucked two guys Oh boy, I missed that. <laughs> oh yeah, the the screen he set uh, was like out of his shoes. <laughs> the yeah. guy got knocked, <laughs> you know. And uh, so that you love to see that he's out of position a lot, and he doesn't have like you know seasoned hands or seasoned shot. He hasn't yeah. taken a three point attempt. We've all been uh, you know all over that, yeah. but. I like what I'm seeing. He's probably going to start in the G League next year, but I think so. It's one of those things where you know, hopefully, a year or two from now, you got a guy that can come in and play, you know, fifteen to twenty useful minutes for you. Yeah, no doubt, and um, yeah, I really liked his. It was kind of ironic. I really liked his Dallas game as well. But um, what I liked the most was he played thirty six minutes out there, and he only took two field goal attempts. You know, and like just that's a guy who knows his role. He knows what he does. Is not you know be the center of the offense but he's doing it's like you said you always notice him out there he's always doing something he's always setting the screen he's always going for that board um on either end of the floor and um yeah he just knows how to make an impact without shooting it seems so so you need guys like that on the bench right you need to have that uh that card in your in your deck well yeah uh, especially you know forwards whether he's playing like he the, the, we've been playing a big lineup lately obviously but whether he's playing center or or the four um you just those guys tend to incur a little bit more, um, you know, fouls. Mm-hmm. So if somebody's getting in foul trouble, you need to be able to trust the next guy up in line, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, definitely. Anybody playing under the rim in a physical game like that, yeah, definitely. They're kind of uh, some of those guys too. That's kind of their job: come in, get a few hard fouls, kind of agitate the other team, and then uh, clock out. Well, especially if you're playing like you know. You're up against Luca here. You would have been, you know, if you're playing against Joker, Embiid, like those kind of guys that you, you you just need to have somebody that's getting in their head to prevent them from just having clean, clean routes to the basket all the time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and you know we've seen Chris ah, Chris Boucher miscast in that role a few times this year. So well, even if he tried to foul someone like Embiid, it wouldn't even look like it, right? Yeah, swatting a fly there. Yeah, yeah like that's pretty much what they've been saying. Like. Uh, the, I think you saw the coach go off when Zion uh, broke his finger there, saying how people have been hacking him all year, and <laughs> yeah. I think he had an aneurysm when he was giving his rant. But 
Yeah, it's my favorite brand where, of the year. Yeah, guys are getting even bigger and more athletic every year. So you got to have guys that you can trust down there to you know put the body on them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and they keep coming every draft. We're going to see more of the, those types this year, just the physical whatever. Not freaks, well, it but... Uh... used to be kind of the thing where like you had guys, like even Shaq, so he was a... When he came into the league, no one knew how to you know defend him. But he had his limitations, right? He can't really... I think, what, he attempted two threes? Is that, is that what we figured out? That's right, yeah. Made one of them, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and obviously, you know, hack a shack was a famous thing forever because he couldn't get the stuff from the free point line. But they're they're starting to see that, like, you know, these guys can shoot free throws. They can shoot threes. Like, look at Joker. He's seven feet tall, and he gets yeah. a triple-double every game. Well, and they have to. Like, that's kind of how Andre Drummond has played himself somewhat out of the league. You know, he's not out of the league, but I don't think, like, none of the good he's teams seem to want him. like that again. Yeah, like, none like, of good teams none of the, good... the Lakers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, he is now, but like they're not going to have him on the floor very often because we've seen uh, like when he was in Detroit um, and uh, Cleveland as well. Like at the end of games, like teams will just hack him all day because he's never gone above 45, 55% shooting from the free throw. So for all the good things he does, if you're in a playoff game, you can't have a guy like that on the floor, you know? Yeah, no, that's fair enough. Uh, now, you recently just brought up the draft there with the new guys coming in. I think that's a good. Mm-hmm thing that we should start talking about here as it looks like the Raptors are the seven. I think they're locked in. Yeah, we're locked into seventh, uh, the seventh most lottery balls or however that, however you want to say that. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, it's uh, not seventh in the league, mind you, seventh yeah. from the bottom. Uh, yeah. What are you thinking here? Say they just finish seventh. Like they don't, they don't move up. They don't get jumped over the lottery plays mm-hmm. out exactly the way it's supposed to play out as far as percentages go yeah what are you thinking they're likely to pick in that range uh say they stick at seven um i mean i'll say off the bat like i hope they uh if it does come to that that uh messiah works his magic and moves up a little bit but um yeah, the guy I mentioned the other day, Scotty Barnes, would probably be my favorite um, in that slot. Unless Kaminga falls, but I think he's pretty much the, com- the consensus number five. I'm uh, pretty beyond- sure that like what you were saying with the moving up, if the Raptors were to move up, I think it would be to get Kaminga. Yeah, Kaminga or... Um, I mean, you know, there's so many dominoes that have to fall, but like the consensus top three right now is Cunningham, Mobley, Jalen Green, and... If you're just Not going Suggs. by standings, yeah, like Cleveland's going to be number four, and then you got Jalen Suggs, who they probably don't want, right? They already have their guards that they drafted really high. They're not going to bring in a third smaller guard into that point guard into that team. So, you know, that's another opportunity where you might move up, you know, if Ooh, that all You can happens. say the same thing about the Raptors. They're like one thing, the Raptors last year drafted two guards. Yeah, 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 that's true. But, I mean, yeah, as great as uh, – Malachi Flynn is. I don't think you pass on Jalen Suggs, you know, just because you have him in the fold. Um, but, uh, yeah, there's a few other guys. Um, I think the guys we target are, like, wing players, you know. Um, yeah. Short of getting that um, that kid at the top, Evan Mobley. Um, I don't think you, you, you waste a top 10 pick on a center, not in this day and age. Um, 
they're just too easy to come by on the free agent market and everything. So, so if you're looking at wings, um, there's a couple guys in that seven to ten range. Um, yeah, Moses Moody, he looks pretty good. He's a shooting guard, but he's like, I don't know. They say he's six six. He's probably six five, but. Um, uh, yeah, he can kind of do everything you want. He can defend on the ball, off the ball. He's, you know, quick. He can shoot. Uh, just a modern type player, I guess. And um, and then Zaire Williams. Not Zion Williamson, Zaire Williams. Um, he's another guy, probably less of an off- uh, offensive threat, but he's um, definitely a top-end defender, like someone like OG Ananobi, who's going to come out of the draft just uh, – already with a, a really great defensive game and then you kind of mold his offense from there and let the coaches do their work but so we'll Some see like I'm really excited for just about everyone in the top 10 so I, I think we're gonna have a good time on draft night whatever happens but yeah uh, someone I've been looking at just because it's like we've been talking about the way uh, you know the Raptors play and what they need to improve in and which is you know always rebounding right it's what comes up most of the time uh, a guy like Jalen Johnson uh, out of Duke mm-hmm uh, okay. You know, big dude, six nine, two twenty. Yeah. Uh, you know that kind of like Zion build, but not quite as big, obviously. Um, he he's he has the problems that most you know young guys have: shooting, etc. Um, takes his time when he takes his shots. He's he's not the best ball handler in the world, but he'd play that kind of like OG when he came in. You didn't expect him to take many shots or create his own stuff, and then this year he's really shown how. Uh, he can be his own creator. Yeah, took some so time. So it's one of those things, like, if you can teach this guy, you know, how to, like, if he comes up under OG, right? Like, a guy like Jalen Johnson is perfect for the Raptors. Yeah, sure, and he's, uh, he's a Duke guy, so you always like getting them in the fold, right? Other than everybody hates Duke. Yeah, in the, they're, they're, they're as the a Cowboys team, but, uh, of the NCAA, right? Like, yeah. That's everybody right. has a Cowboy fan friend that they really wish wasn't their friend. <laughs> that's kind of, well for me it's raiders but yeah whatever <laughs> oh yeah yeah no we have a few of those unfortunately indeed yeah but you're a denver fan too so what do you know back to yes. basketball okay yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah so that like the draft is going to be very interesting i believe the lottery is coming up in june here and then the, what the draft's not till july yeah, the lottery's not till late June, unfortunately. I wish it yeah, was the like 22nd, the day after. I, I know. Why don't I wish they'd do it like early in the playoffs? Like give the uh, the teams that aren't in it something to you know talk about for the next month and a half. But but uh, yeah, and then the uh, the drafts about a month after that. I of course it is a super uh, messed up off season this year. Uh, probably the last one. It looks like they're gonna try and get on track. Yeah, uh, October. For, they're looking for the first week of October, I believe, to start the season back on its regular yeah. kind of schedule, 82 games. We'll see yeah. if LeBron winds his way into getting rid of the play-in. Um, <laughs> uh, I wouldn't be surprised if they cut it in half, but uh, I think it'd be you can't just capitulate to LeBron like that. It'd be too, uh, you know, <laughs> at you least not say in public. That. <laughs> yeah. No, well, the thing is, I think the play-in should go away. Like, if it if it is a regular season and they don't yeah. have to worry about these things. Like, the end, it was fine before. I know people complain that the regular season in the NBA is a bit of a waste of time and, like, there's a lot of meaningless games. But yeah. if, you know, if there's money to be made, they got to make their money. You got you to gotta deal with what you got to deal with here. Yeah, and I think it was just another one of their efforts to kind of curb the tanking and the player resting, which 
which obviously did not work. Obviously out. didn't work. Well, yeah, it's kind of exactly. like how baseball changes the ball every year because it wants to improve the way the game is, and it always manages to screw it up more than it actually improves it. Just no kidding. We, yeah, we normal. could get into that. Yeah, what three no hitters already? And yeah, four, <laughs> four no hitters. Yeah, in the first. Whatever. And Wade Miley, let's be serious here. Okay, yeah, again, yeah. back back to basketball. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you're right. Uh, like, uh, I don't think anybody around the league wants to see like Portland or LA miss these playoffs, right? Like, yeah, sure. Chance is one of them. Yeah, that's right, and that's just brutal, right? And, and can you say that Dallas doesn't deserve to be for sure in the playoffs either? Like, of those three teams, because what they're going to have to play either what Memphis or Golden State in the first game. Uh, Memphis or Golden State or the Spurs are still alive here. So, yeah, I mean, can you imagine if Portland and L.A. get bounced and we got to watch the Spurs and the Grizzlies instead? So, anyway. <laughs> uh, you know, it's hard not to like the Grizzlies, the grit and grind, you know. That's one of those teams you always want to see do well. But, yeah, like if L.A. gets bounced because of the play-in, mm-hmm. the NBA is not going to have happy executives. No, no, but... Uh... Yeah, we'll see what happens. I think I don't know. Memphis is a town of like three hundred thousand versus LA, which is thirty million or whatever it is. So yeah, yeah. Do you know? Uh, do you know when the playing games are? I'm at. It can't be tomorrow. I wouldn't think. No, uh, I just saw it because I was looking ahead because Boston has uh, a game. I think it's Tuesday. Okay, that'd be great. Yeah, that'll be fun. Yeah, because um, Boston's for sure in the plan. And then there's like a bunch of other teams that have to get like managed around, but okay. Um, yeah, just to segue there a little bit, um, I was looking at my betting odds um, for today, and there wasn't too much uh, going on. Like you said, you might as well burn your money betting on these games today. But um, but yeah, I was looking at the futures for the championship odds, and uh, the Lakers, despite this potential play-in, are still the second favorite to win the championship, even though they're one game from. They're pretty much well. We'll see what happens tonight, but they might be in like an immediate game seven on Tuesday, right? Yeah, who's the favorite? Uh, the favorite is the Brooklyn Nets, two and a half to one. So that's pretty good. <laughs> really? Favorite. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they might not even make it out of the second round. Yeah, I mean, it's, they haven't uh, played together all year. They haven't played together all year. Yeah, Harden just came back. Kyrie Irving is a space cadet. Uh, like I think Philly is a really tough matchup for them as well, uh, just with the size. Yeah. Um, well, that's exactly like the Raptors, right? When they went into that Philly matchup, it was harder than on paper, essentially, than mm-hmm. the matchup against uh, the Bucks, just be based on everybody for Philly is six nine or over. Yeah, especially that year. Yeah, I remember whatever they had. I can't remember. Like was that Harris. the year they had Horford yeah. and <laughs> and MB? Anyway. Um, yeah, so right behind the well, the Clippers and the Lakers are tied for second, so they're both four and a half to one, and then. Uh, Right behind them, you got the Jazz, the Bucks, and the Sixers in that order. Um, Sixers being the sixth favorite at nine to one. Then it drops off to Phoenix at fifteen to one, which I think is a disgrace to the Suns' work this year. But uh, I like Phoenix, and I think the Sixers are a good value there as well. Yeah, I think so too. I think I'm betting on the East one way or the other. Like um, Sixers and the Bucks are pretty much the only teams who have played together most of the year, and Phoenix too, I guess. Um, but yeah, I like the East here. Like I said, Philly's just a crazy matchup for a lot of teams. And, um, and yeah, Milwaukee, you just figure they got to win it one of these years, right? <laughs> With all that talent. But 
and that coach, uh, they've already announced. You you heard all that. We talked about it a couple shows ago where it's like, Roro. Yeah, he's. I I think they need to make the finals or he's out, which isn't totally unreasonable. It is kind of funny, though. Like, if you talk to, like, a, you know, Sacramento fan, a Kings fan about, like, making, like, yo, we have a coach. If we gave you a coach that made the playoffs five years in a row, would you fire him? They'd say, no way. They've. Well, to be fair, they have Luke Walton though, so they'd probably fire any fan. Would be like, we'll fire him for anything. But yeah, it's kind of funny. Like, he do, he does seem to hit a wall. Like I know he was uh, he was the coach of that Atlanta team that really exceeded expectations for four or five years in a row. Back with young Al Horford and I can't remember who else was that on it. But uh, not quite that long ago, no. But uh, this was his last job before Milwaukee. But um, but it was the same thing. They went like three years in a row. They couldn't get out of the second round and. Um, you know, just determined he kind of had a ceiling on him. Everyone always says he won't make adjustments either, which we definitely saw in that uh, series against Toronto two years ago. But uh, but we'll see. Yeah, you're right, though. Like, the day he gets fired, he's getting hired again a couple days later by another team. So. Well, it's kind of funny. Nurse is already – people have been asking Nurse all about – like because they assume the Pacers coach is going to get fired. Yeah, so Freddie – I don't know. I'm a – I don't like that story too much. It's been disputed. That story that came out, it's been disputed quite a bit by a lot of the parties involved. Um, Fred Van Fleet was on the uh, the TSN television broadcast today for the whole third quarter, which is pretty damn entertaining. But um, but he brought that up because he wasn't too happy about it either. Um, Nate Bjor, I can't say his last name, Bjorgren. Uh, <laughs> uh, he was a you know a longtime assistant here. He he was the one who kind of raised all these guys like Freddie and Boucher and and all the G leaguers. And um, so he said, from what he had heard, and he had spoke direct, like he said it, he spoke directly to several players on the Pacers, and uh, they said it was all BS. And so I don't know how much stock we put in that. Everyone seems to be hoping for the best for that guy. So we'll see what happens. I hope he well, sticks it out. Yeah, yeah. All right. Yeah, and like I mean, Freddie—he's a better source than the anonymous whatever that stuff on the internet. But because you, you yeah, who the who do you know like that with the team, right? That's going to be saying all this nonsense. It's probably just someone said something to somebody offhand one time, and then all yeah. of a sudden it gets to somebody in a position that they, uh, you know, it helps them to say something like that because it gets clicks, and then here we are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Controversy always sells, sure. And uh, and I know Nick Nurse came out and said that all the stuff they said about the Raptors having similar yeah, problems. It was all BS. It was all garbage, too. So, I mean, which part of it has been actually substantiated, right? Other than that one assistant coach, I think they might have quit or something. But anyway. Uh, yeah, no, on that note, let's uh, move on uh, to the, the next subject here, which is what are you thinking for the awards here? Uh, you know, there's a few... It, this being the last day of the season, we'll get into it because mm-hmm. we'll obviously want uh, Kieran's opinion. Uh, but let's just touch on it lightly here. Who do you think's getting the MVP? I think it's Jokic hands down. I think there was a bit of a race early in the year, but just too many too many injuries. Right, LeBron could have been in it. Um, uh, Embiid. Embiid for sure. In fact, I wouldn't be too upset if Embiid won it. Although, yeah, I really wouldn't. But uh, but I think it's Jokic's. I don't think there's much debate. Yeah, I think so too. I, I'd like to see Chris Paul just get a couple votes because every team yeah. he goes to gets <laughs> infinitely better. Like I don't think uh, the last five teams he's been on, their percentage has gone up at least like twenty points. So yeah, Phoenix to a crazy amount too. I would think. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, definitely. I think he will get some votes. There's always the sentimental uh, voters, of course. But uh, yeah, it's it's Jokers, I think. And like, I I get that people are. It's one of those things where he doesn't look like an MVP, and I don't mean like exactly what he looks like. But when you watch him play, you're like, oh Jesus, he's the most. He's like a pregnant yak with two club feet. But it just works. Yeah, not totally dissimilar to Luka Doncic. Yeah, it's just like he's not the fastest. He can't jump the highest, whatever. But uh, yeah, they just nothing is uh, smooth other than his passing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the best. The best part of him, those highlight reels, is some of his passes, especially when he's just having fun with it, throwing it around his head and everything. Yeah. So there. Yeah, that's that one's pretty much a you know right on the head there. Uh, What do you think for rookie of the year? Rookie of the year. it's looking like uh, it's going to be Anthony Edwards, which I don't uh, have a problem with at all. He's really caught, like, the second half of the season, he's been, uh, like, if he had done this all year, he'd be breaking some rookie records here. He's put up, I don't know, three or four 40-point games. Um, we saw that he can jump out of the building um, when he destroyed Utah <laughs> yeah. Watanabe. Yeah, sent him to the Shadow Realm. That's right. Um, and, yeah, he's just been great. And, moreover, he's been um, kind of the only healthy rookie for the whole season so yeah, it's really too bad that would have been one great race with the way uh, edwards played at the end of the year with the way lamella was playing at the beginning of the year right yeah no kidding no kidding i mean uh yeah i mean everybody loves lamello he's gonna be i really like what charlotte's doing in general um i guess they're one of the teams that kind of you like the play in for because i don't know they've been so bad for so long and now they've got all these really fun to watch young guys and um they might end up finishing ninth here, but uh, at least they'd get a chance, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, the only other one was Tyrese Halliburton, but again, he kind of fell off and missed a lot of time. And ah, Well, he's out right now for the rest of the season. So, yeah, Fair enough. All right, yeah. uh, moving on here. Uh, defensive player of the year. Defensive player of the year. Uh, that's a tough one. Um, I think it has to be Gobert. Gobert, yeah. I mean, you can kind of give it to him every year. Um uh, but yeah, you look at his splits, like the on-off percentage of or defensive rating when he leaves the floor, like it just shoots up um, uh, when he gets out there. So yeah, I'd say either him or Ben Simmons. Um, I like Ben Simmons just because he's one of the few guys left that can truly guard one through five. Like he can work on a center, he can work on a point guard and be dominant in either role. So um and I it's think just Simmons like will get to a point in his career where he wins it pretty much every year, but yeah. I think it, you can't not give it to Gobert just because you don't want to give it to Gobert. Yeah, and I think uh, the way he kind of kept that uh, that team running without Donovan Mitchell and without Mike Conley for a while, yeah, I think that's a good call. Yeah, yeah that's fair enough. Uh, okay, moving on here, uh, sixth man. Sixth man of the year. Uh, who am I like in there? Um, yeah, another Utah guy. It's probably going to be Jordan Clarkson from everything I'm hearing. Um, um, there's a few guys, I guess, like what Derek Rose was doing after he got to New York was pretty impressive. Um, could take a look at him, I guess. But uh, Jordan Clarkson, yeah, another guy, again, it's like a specialty, kind of like Lou Williams all those years. Jordan Clarkson's just found himself oh, a role. Lou. Sweet Lou, yeah. But... Uh, yeah, probably Jordan Clarkson for me. Yeah, that's fair enough. I think it kind of has to be him as well, but it's one of those things. It's just the six man is one of the, the the funnest ones to look at because it's just like you see these guys come out and just do such interesting things, right? It's a uh, yeah. When you're when you're not starting, you kind of get a little bit of a chance to uh, play a different role, right? So 
Yeah, and typically against weaker competition. But uh, I think the Raptors, like, if they had had a full season with, like, a full roster, they might have had somebody on this list. Like, Chris Boucher, oh, Boucher. probably could have qualified. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's the same thing, defensive player of the year. You can make an Ananobi. Like, he always has, you know, great numbers, right? So. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, and especially if you give him the eye test, right? Just watching him every night. Yeah. And he's always playing against the other team's best man, right? So. Yeah, yeah. Uh, next uh, on the list here is Coach of the Year. Coach of the Year, I'll throw that to you. What do you think? You know what? Just because the Knicks have been the laughing stock of the league yeah. pretty much since I started watching basketball, and this year they were a tough team to play against. They're great defense. Uh, you were saying with Derrick Rose, what a pickup there, but that would be, I guess, uh, you know, Executive of the Year pickup. Yeah. Uh, you know, Tom Thibodeau. He's looked. He's been making the right choices as far as the way he plays his team. Yeah, and I, uh, yeah, I think I'm gonna agree, and I especially like the the Thibodeau pick just because, kind of league wide, he had been uh, given a bad reputation about like running his players into the floor and and all that kind of junk. But it was really just the whiny uh, young guys in Minnesota. It turns out because they can't win with anybody. But I mean, the guy he spent, he's Tell the us only how you coach. Really feel. <laughs> yeah. Well, he's the only coach to have a winning season for that club in like 15 years, and they got rid of him because I don't know. Carl Anthony Towns was playing too many minutes, but, um, and, uh, before that, you know, we saw what he did with Chicago and then, um, geez, I think he had another stop, but I'm missing it anyway. Anyway. So it's just, yeah, it's nice to see him kind of, uh, show the league that he still knows what he's doing and nobody pegged the Knicks to make the playoffs. So yeah, that's an easy pick, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you could say the same thing. Like, uh, like you were talking about Charlotte though. Uh, I'm th- the name of the coach there is escaping me. Mm. Do you have it off by hand? Oh boy! Jeez, uh, Louise, catching me off guard. Yeah, no, I was gonna no. say uh, you could go with Monty Williams for the Suns, but I think Chris Paul should probably get Coach of the Year for that team. So yeah, that's fair enough. That's kind of like if you were gonna get uh, James Borrego. Oh yes, okay. Yeah, he uh, he's done pretty well with that team. Like no one predicted that they'd even be close to the playoffs as well. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, or like uh, same thing. Like Gordon Hayward got written off, right? And they all laughed at uh, laughed at Charlotte for giving him that money in the off season. And sure enough, he's just been kicking ass all year and earning his dollars. And everybody looks also, foolish. I always like those. <laughs> he, he's playing with a bunch of guys that like I think the average age here is like twenty three. So, well, yeah, you see the dunk highlights from their games every night. Heck yeah, they're twenty three. <laughs> yeah. So there, uh, there you go. Like, uh, yeah. So coach of the year, I think that's probably the one that's the most debated as far as who it might be. Yeah. Um, but uh, is there is there another award I'm forgetting here? Uh, no. Well, Julius Randle has most improved player oh, wrapped yeah. up by a long yeah, shot. That's not even in debate. About that, yeah. Right. Yeah. And then executive of the year, I'm giving it to the guy from Chicago because uh, <laughs> for oh. trading ways, his next two first round <laughs> draft picks, and he's about to finish 14th or something here. So. Okay, yeah. well, there you go. On that note, I think we can wrap it up here. Uh, Indeed. Thank you very much, Ben, uh, for joining me here today. Kieran is with us in spirit. And thank you, everybody out there, for listening in. We hope you have a lovely week. We'll be getting back with you soon. As always, we love you, B, and have a good week, everyone. We'll talk to you later. This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation. Thank you.